ages passed in a world called Spanth. The land was ripped asunder and the ocean turned black in a cataclysm called the Marring. Boros survived, a land of long-lost magic, mythic beasts, and meddling gods. It is here we follow a tale, a tale of heroes, heroes we call... Of Dragon Town. Welcome to the Magic Quest Boys of Dragon Town. <laughs> An original Dungeons and Dragons adventure. <laughs> I am Jamie. I like to eat poops, and no one has ever kissed me out of love. Hey, hold on a second. Yes. Who wrote this? <laughs> yes. Who wrote this? Yes. Guys. Yes. David, was that you? You fell out. Uh, you, you rascal, man. I'm just going to tan your hide one day. Ugh. Well, Whoa, let's get him. back to you guys. I am Jamie, your host and game master. Uh, uh, lame, more like lame are... master. Am I right, oh, David? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You are nice. making a razz out of me, okay? Oh, Adam. God, you are just dragging me today, and I am just... What am I going to do? There's nothing I can do. It's just, you hey, got me good. dungeon and dragging you, dog. Oh, oh my God. Jared just, Jared just took off into the sky Dragon like a rocket. <laughs> this oh is the best episode ever. <laughs> God, I know. We've certainly set the bar high, haven't we? Uh, anyway. Hey, uh, no, hey Jamie, uh, you, you want to know what my favorite uh, fruit is? Uh, what is that, Morrison? What's your favorite fruit? R- raspberries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jared came back down. He wait. crashed. <laughs> he just crashed. Wait, hang on, wait, wait, hang on. There's something wrong with Zencaster. I think that I'm hearing some snoo. Uh, what's snoo? <laughs> Not much, man. What's new with you? I got him. Uh, Jared, please introduce the character you're playing in this podcast that we do. Whiskers, Donatello. Whiskers. Do I get an introduction with me? Yeah, dude. You're because you introduced Jared. David, <laughs> introduce your fucking character right now. Roger Willie Swiffins. Noah, introduce your character. Crobin Dornapple. Galavin Aurelis. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Morrison. Uh, Morrison, you can keep fucking your inspiration. Suck up. <laughs> you can keep your inspiration, but David, you can also keep your inspiration. Because it's still the same night, so, you know, just hang on to it. You didn't get a chance to use it. Just hang I'm a nice, benevolent DM. And you know what? Just because I'm feeling really nice, Noah, why don't you hit us with the recap? Last time on MQBD. So, here's what happened, guys. Turns out, the fates... They're actually Skeksis, and they were flipping out using the quintessence to patch up the wheel to make it work on autopilot like a Tesla, except an evil Tesla because it was slowing the wheel of souls to a crawl. So doing something that we don't quite understand to the way that souls do or do not reach Earth, not Earth, Voros. So that looked really bad. And then we all were like, hey, that looks pretty bad. And they were like, yeah, because we're bad. We fucked you. You're fucked. We've been messing with your whole lives just to rig it so that you get to this point. Every tragedy you've ever known. Calling out the deaths of our parents. A lot of us have dead parents, apparently. Which is... Shocker. 
pretty bad, you know, pretty unique uh, backstory. <laughs> um, anyway, we didn't choose it. The fates chose it for us. And we feel pretty suckered. But then we had to get out of there, you know, we had to get out of there and we start coming through into the normal world again. And then we realize, hang on a second, Galavin and Crobin are bonded to these Skeksy fates with these periapt of fate necklaces. It's like they're under their control slash is it symbiotic? It's some sort of a warlock arrangement. And then remember when when Crobin and Whiskers got extra bonuses to their powers well guess what that came with another flip side of the coin and they got basically screwed by the way um making a quick change if it's okay with jamie um, <laughs> i don't want to lose the constitution instead i'm gonna lose <laughs> some intelligence oh I think man great recap okay i'm not quite done with the recap yet because some major shit happened with elijah elijah was sitting there they were not dead they were there. They were still alive and in the normal material plane when we arrived back from Fate's world. And we had a wonderful reunion between Elijah and Piero and Virgil, but it was interrupted pretty quickly by Vale. And it turns out Vale's actually the true mother of Elijah. Elijah is the child of a god and now has been ascended to the status of demigod against their will. They wanted nothing to do with that life. But too bad. Know, sometimes you don't get to make choices. Sometimes things just happen to you, you know, as we've learned from our interactions with the fates. Vale's all about that. And that's pretty much where we took it, where we ended it, except that the temple of the Dru... Uh, sh shit was shaking, lightning, we came back up. Violent dust. Temple of the Druids destroyed, lightning and thunder everywhere. Very scary. Indeed, yes. Thank you. Great recap, Noah. Loved it. Great, yeah. We rejoin you all as you emerge out from the trap door in the center of the inner courtyard of the Spires of Violent Destiny. One of these spires, you would know it to be the Monk's Spire, the large mountainous peak uh, had already crumbled. But now, uh, the other two seem to be in grave danger of that happening as well. It is very dark. The wind whips around you all violently. The rain pelts down on you like bullets, and red lightning blasts across the sky. The entire sky is forked constantly by this enormous lightning bolts that streak and careen their way across the dark, ominous sky. You all hear uh, the sound of rock kind of crumbling as one of these red lightning bolts kind of... <laughs> takes a chunk out of one of the mountainous spires around you, and rocks tumble down the mountainside nearby. You see up high in the sky as, as, as you kind of take in this massive storm around you, the moving of figures that can't be seen. They're so high up, uh, you can't really make them out, save for when a brief flash of lightning and a rare glimpse through the dark clouds illuminates for a moment. You see figures up above, colossal creatures up above, lizard-like creatures with wings tearing at each other in the sky. And you hear booming down from up above as you stand underneath all of it, these colossal booming voices. You hear one boom out. You planned this veil, you and your misbegotten daughters. It was always 
to me. Stop this pointlessness, you two. The world, including us gods, must face this trial now, together. And as you hear this last one, you see a streak of blue, almost like a paintbrush, just just streaked its way across the the dark, ominous clouds. This white, bluish streak forms, uh, and the rain above you begins to turn harder to these hard little white pellets right now. Uh, but they seem to be growing larger. You also see these figures below the cloud line, below these colossal dragons tearing at each other in the sky. You see one figure way, way up there, this tall uh, androgynous figure, all blue and all like form, uh, liquid in form. Uh, another figure wearing the clothes of a simple city guard um, with kind of a, a little dad bod. You can make out the dad bod, he's big enough. And then wait, wait, a, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> you see another figure that is wearing uh, just like simple, just a, a simple little armored hat and a spear and some simple leather armor. Uh, and he is trying to get in the way. Um, you see that it seems like there are two parties fighting two parties. It is, and these ones are trying to get in the middle and stop it all. And you see one figure, this large majestic man wearing a large golden crown, just glowing with golden radiant regal eminence. And you see a lady in all gleaming white plate mail armor with a white crown atop her head. And they shoot yeah. through the sky, like like with great speed, like superheroes almost just, just pew, 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 pew. you see there's just bashes and clashes and lightning and everything, there are strikes being thrown and everyone's trying to get into the melee and shit is just going crazy up above. And down below in the courtyard, the hard rain beats down on you and a figure uh-huh. emerges from the shadows, a very familiar figure walks out of the shadows, this one standing at a much humbler height. Figure you remember as your old friend that you ran into in Goat's Gate, Ozzy. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he walks up to you on a simple, oh. in a simple oh. robe, in simple sandals, <laughs> uh, dark be the skin, oracle. Uh, large white beard, long, uh, kind of short curly uh, white hair, and he comes up to you all and he gives a, you know, he places his fist into his palm and bows and he goes, um, hello again, travelers. Oh, it's you. I'll bow deeply. It is an honor. I'll follow Galavan's lead. The honor is mine. You have showed up at a most auspicious time. Auspicious how? Auspicious what? He just just looks up towards (laughs) the sky as, as what's happening above continues to happen. And by the way, the rain does not seem to touch him. He seems to have a bubble around him that the rain just kind of hits and, and falls off. He looks up. And he says, yes, I haven't seen them fight like this in a long time. Coltoel and Serac are raring to rip Poldeus and Vale apart. And the others bless them for trying to break it all up. And she just watches. And he looks up towards the sky. And if you follow his gaze, you see that he's staring at an impenetrably dark field of cloud up in the sky. You don't even see a figure. It is just, it is almost a humanoid shape in the clouds that is made entirely of impenetrable darkness. 
and it seems to be like just watching everything from afar, scowling. And he just um, shakes his I, head, a little upset by this. Do I see any trace of Lumund up there or anywhere? No, the moon is nowhere to be seen. Uh, the clouds are so Solid. present. Who knows? Who knows where he is? And Rodane is fighting on the side of Coltuel and Sirax, I'm guessing. Rodane and the king, the good the good king, Tyr Modan, and the other two who are, you all would know, if, you know, Gallivan would definitely know. I'll say those of you who are uh, proficient in religion, here we go. Um, those of you proficient in religion, Rodane, Tyr Modan, Anuet, God of the Rain and Rejuvenation, uh, and Apalian, who I don't believe we've had the pleasure of really getting to know yet, who is the god of alliances and protection and like family and friendship and stuff like that. Those four, from what he seems to be saying, uh, are trying to stop Coltuel and Serac from fighting Fuldeus and Vea. Oh, cool. That makes more yeah. sense. Awesome. They're trying to break it up. And the dark patch you see in the, in the sky farther away, just watching everything, that is Dimissa, goddess of shadow and suffering. Kind of a creeper. Oh, yeah. She's kind of a creeper. <laughs> you all well, might want to get out of here. And then as he says that, and more rocks, uh, crash. Actually, um, only about 50 feet away from you. They, like, crash into the ground, shaking the earth around you. Okay, let's go right. then. Yes, good idea. Let's go. I must continue on my journey and probably deal with that, he says, pointing up. And he goes, but I know we will meet again on the road, friends. And he bows to you, and he looks up, and he goes, um, I can feel some of what you've done, whatever business you enacted with Vale's daughters. I can feel my domain strengthened. Although I don't know if everything you've done with them will end well for everyone, but still I appreciate what you've done for the people. Whiskers uh, bows to him. Yeah. He gives you and then he looks at Pen. I'll bow. What'd you say, Grubbin? Do you not know? The Fate's domain is private to them. So we can only feel the effects of what you've had done. What, if I may ask, did you do? We just brought Pen to see the fates. And then they kind of told us she was like the whore Logan or something. That she's going to bring the end of time. The end of everything. Ah, uh, yes. Some of what Thaldeus is bellowing up there makes a bit more sense now. <laughs> he says, smiling and nodding. Well, best of luck to you. And he nods solemnly, and then he lifts his feet up off the ground, and he just, not even very quickly, just kind of uh, begins to float away into the, into like, kind of not even up towards the battle, just kind of up and away from all of it. Was that Osmai eye? Uh, I believe, yes. Now, where do we go? Oh, yeah, let's go! Uh, I guess we'll run towards <laughs> the uh, entrance to the spire you run to the pile of rubble that was the monk's spire a mountain of rock is before you damn is there any tower still standing where do we there oh we came not. in through the monk's spire is that right that's we, correct we had jumped to yeah. the top right yeah no. that is correct so we got to figure out a way to get back to the i mean i don't know should we go back to uh, the other tower the the one that's not broken <laughs> 
They're all, one, she just said they're all broken. No, the but the ones with all the monks in it that we came from. Yeah, that one. So the, there's the monk's spire, there is the druid spire, and there's the wizard spire. The wizard spire was already cleft in half, basically, kind of crumbled oh. away when you guys got there. But you all remember the lightning crumbled, basically brought down the monk's spire while you were in the druid spire. So pretty much there is one and a half spires left standing. The druid one and half of the wizard's one. Although they are both getting chunks taken out of them by the second. I have a really strange idea. There might be something powerful in the wizard's tower, and I might be able to open up a portal somewhere. I don't know if it's worth the risk or not, but it's just an idea I have. Better than nothing. Okay, we sprint to the wizard's tower. I've got to pull up the wizard's tower now. Hold on. (laughs) Oh, that was the wrong choice. Go back, go back. No, no, you're already there. You all enter into the wizard's spire with the big sign above it saying repository of hoarded gleanings. You enter into the first floor parlor, a large spacious chamber that resembles a parlor or study. There's a fireplace, uh, bookshelves, a small bar, tables, and a spiral staircase in the middle that leads up to the next floor. You hear the storm raging outside and rain kind of pelts through the, the windows. Hang on, hang on. Virgil, Virgil, which yes. way? Which way? I'm sorry. Yeah, how do we get out of here? Through the monk's spire. Um, buddy, did you not see it crumbled on the ground? Yes, I did. So now we must figure out what to do. Okay. What to do? Wait, wait. Did you speak then, child? How about we go to the wizard's tower and try to find some sort of portal magic? Where do you think we stand, child? Right. Did I just say that? Where, so where do we go, Rondri? The wizard's tower. So what do we do, Rondri? We'll find some portal magic. Oh my goodness. Sweet Rodane. He has no idea what he's doing. Let's go to the other tower then. Wait, wait, I have an idea. Is it the same one as before? Wait, we find some portal magic. Wait, how do you know about that idea? You've been hit on the head or something. <laughs> Are you doing that on purpose, David? Yeah. I can't tell. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. We're all just wondering why. <laughs> yeah, I don't really get it. Yeah. <laughs> Rondry's talking in circles, so Wester's like, okay, scratch this plan. Back to the Druid Tower. You all run, and you enter the courtyard. You make your way to the Druid Spire. You enter the Druid Spire, the sacrificial grove. Uh, you see that this uh, hollow, this spire is, you remember um, that it is wide open. It is much bigger on the inside. Uh, basically, you are outside. And especially because the, ho- the spire is hollow all the way at, uh, to the, at the top of the peak. So it is raining and storming hard in here among these low grassy hills, uh, long dead grass with these thick bone white trees dotting the hilltops. You know that the uh, henge is further back, but uh, you stand on the long, crooked flagstone path that leads in. What do you do? We run. I have an idea. We sprint in. Does it have to do with the wizard tower? Yes, it does. Piero, is there any portal magic in the wizard tower? Because you're a wizard, right? Yes. Yes, I am. He, he looks towards the wizard tower and kind of strokes his beard and he goes, It has been a long time since I have consciously been in that wizard tower, but any portal magic would be done by the wizards, not we do not have any teleportation magic, no. 
And then Elijah, Elijah kind of hanging off Crobin, you're in uh, Piero's arms. He just, he starts um, slowly, like, kind of miserably chuckling. You die. You die. That's, that's what happens now. You're all gonna die, and, uh, except for her and me. And we're gonna end the world. Not yet, Elijah, not yet. And I start sprinting into the Druid's Tower. Okay, you We're sprint the down the flagstone tower. pathway. You're heading for the Henge, I'm assuming, because that's where the I'm pathway for, leads. Um, yep, that's where I'm going. Cool, cool. you <sighs> race across uh, this pathway and head towards this Henge, uh, hail now beating down hard on you. Wait, we need and to think clearly now. You will hear another loud <laughs> crack come from outside, and it sounds like, uh, sounds like another big chunk has been taken out of um, one of the towers. And then there is confirmation of that as large chunks of rock <laughs> fall yeah. on the flagstone path behind all of you, oh. shaking the ground around you. I have an idea. Prophet oh, steps idea. forward. No, you have been given a chance, child. Shut up. <laughs> Did you find the instrument, the ocarina? Oh, yes. Here it is. This is a long shot, but... We must try. And then he lifts the ocarina to his lips, wets his lips a little bit, and places his fingers, stretching them like he hasn't done this in a long time. And then he places his lips on the instrument and begins to play out a long, piercing, and majestic, and sad trill of notes. It's about four or five notes that he plays out into the air. And the notes just kind of uh, ring out there. They're, they're quickly um, kind of eaten up by the storm. They don't reverberate long, but they, they seem to uh, extend out on the wind a little bit. And Prophet Virgil, everything kind of stands still as Prophet Virgil just kind of looks. And he's got this blindfold over his eyes, so he just raises his head to the sky and, and seems to be listening for something. And after a long pregnant pause, suddenly screeching through the sky, you all hear a loud, piercing bird's uh, screech, like a like a giant hawk or something. And then Prophet Virgil uh, lowers the ocarina and looks to you all, and he goes, "It worked. The Guardian has come for us." And then, through the giant holes, because in addition to being hollow at the top. The Sacrificial Grove also had these massive kind of um, portholes, basically, these huge uh, empty holes in the spire. Uh, it's a miracle this thing stood up, seriously. And through that hole, there's <laughs> like a splash. <laughs> yeah, basically, it is kind of Swiss cheese. There is a flash of lightning that backlights a absolutely massive black bird, maybe a three stories tall. This bird. Oh, shit. Damn. <laughs> comes oh. flying through oh. the porthole of the, of the sacrificial grove and comes beating its wings heavily towards you. And as it comes down uh, above all of you, the force of its wings, uh, it's like a helicopter lowering itself over you. It's like like it, the wind is just like pummeling you. Uh, but this large bird kind of lands on the ground and then extends its neck up to the sky and lets out another kind of bird screech to the sky. Mm, like I'm here in Jurassic T-Rex. Park. Yeah, 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 no, it did yeah, sound dude. very Jurassic Park, didn't it? Yeah, and that's Prophet Virgil goes, bird, dinosaurs are birds. That's also true. true. 
the prophet Virgil puts walks up to it slowly and puts his hands on its uh, <laughs> like, like reaches up to put his hand on the edge of his of its talon and its leg that leads up, and he pats it and he good goes, "Good bird, good bird, good bird, good bird." <laughs> the guardian, the guardian will take us where we need to go. Come. And he grabs on and he just like starts climbing up this massive bird and the bird kind of lowers its wing. You all can climb up the sleek black feathered wing of this large black bird. Cool. All right. I'll push Rondry up like with my hands on his butt so he can like. Watch what you're touching. Uh, It's the only way. Use your arms. Uh, Elijah, you can walk now, right? You're good. Uh, Extractor Piero just kind of helps him onto the to the bird, and Elijah just looks at you. He doesn't even say anything. He just kind of has this. He's hardly there. He just kind of looks at you, barely registering what you're saying, and he has this just this sad kind of morose look on his face. He just kind of looks back down. As long but as you I've will... known you, you've never wanted to go anywhere. <laughs> just, what a weird thing just, to say. Covid doesn't say that, but yeah, Virgil. I mean, Elijah historically difficult at getting to. Yeah, the yeah for sure. Kind of stick in the mud. Yeah, for sure. Uh, doesn't like going anywhere. So you all uh, climb up on this giant blackbird. Yeah, I climb up. I'm still holding. Yeah, on. heck yeah. Excellent. Yeah, um, Ironically, Crobin also is hesitant, but uh, you know, <laughs> fine. And he and he like whips himself up there agilely. You all make it onto the back of this giant bird, this absolutely gargantuan crow, raven, something like that, and begins to take off and alight and beat its wings against the ground, right as a thick, just absolutely jagged girthy red bolt of lightning streaks its way through the top of the sacrificial grove uh, cutting it in half absolutely just just searing it absolutely in half and the top half of the sacrificial grove begins to collapse in uh, towards all of you as you all ride on the back of this bird oh great wait I have an idea I pushed Rondry off. Rondry, <laughs> <laughs> you're dead. <laughs> Here's an idea, bitch. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I would like to, um, I'd like to use a bonus action to make my cloak billow dramatically. <laughs> nice. It is already billowing dramatically, but somehow it billows a tiny bit more. It yeah. gets in the high gear. You all begin a terrifying flight up uh, as the bird begins to fly straight up towards all of the rock debris falling down on you. It's an absolutely harrowing ride as hail pelts all of you and the bird weaves Uh. in between rock after rock after rock as it comes down. Everyone that seems like it's about to hit you, the bird will veer at the last second to a spin and then then another piece of rock will come and it will just barely miss you and the bird will dodge and weave its way until finally it erupts out of the top, what is now the top of the sacrificial grove spire and begins to beat its wings straight out into the darkness of the storm and casting one last look behind you, the lightning illuminates 
as all of the spires are now at least partially crumbled and more lightning seems to be striking uh, the mountain and the areas around it. And the, all of the whole top of that mountain seems to be devastated. And that is the last glimpse you all see of the Spire of Violent Destinies as this large black bird carries you uh, into the darkness of the storm where red lightning still <laughs> extends and streaks all around you. So the bird still takes evasive maneuvers whipping and, you know, just diving and plummeting and raising again through the winds and the hail and the, and the lightning. But finally, coming into view, you see, you never thought you would be happy to see it, but you see three jutting mountainous spires jutting out from the next peak of this mountain. And the bird begins to circle one of them and then gently bring you all down into the inner courtyard, the Abbey of Scant Mutterings. Wow. We were at that spire for a long time. You sure were. It was like three days. It was like 12 episodes. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I have an idea. It was, it was about, it was approximately five days, to your knowledge anyway. Whiskers will get off the bird shakily. Yeah, you do feel absolutely rattled by the flight. And I'll help the others you... off as well. Thank you, Whiskers. Thank you. You got it, buddy. Prophet Virgil and Extractor Piero and Crobin help Elijah down. They get down themselves. Elijah just kind of looks around and he looks up with a with a start and just kind of looks to you all and he goes, I have to go. I can't be here for this. I... Where are you going to go, Elijah? You know, I... I don't really know. I've been at these spires for most of my life and, um... I just know I need to get out. I think I'm gonna go find some nature. I put my hand on their shoulder and I'll say to Elijah, you saved our lives back there. I'll forever be in your debt. You saved my life. Yeah, but- And he kind of looks not too happy about that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, man, sorry about that. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm sure I'll be seeing more of all of you. And I hope the next time our paths cross, it's on better terms. I really do. And he kind of looks over to Pen uh, in your arms, Whiskers, or looks down to her. His brow kind of furrows, and he reaches up around his neck, and he pulls something way, way under, buried underneath these like starlight robes that he's wearing on his starlight skin. And he pulls off this necklace, kind of pushes into your hands, Whiskers, this necklace that he's wearing. And he goes, Can you... Give it to her. Of course. I just, I won't need it anymore. That part of me is gone. So, I feel like she should have it. Of course. Stay safe, Elijah. You all do the same. Till we end the world. And he smiles. <laughs> <laughs> Elijah. Yeah? You're the god of dreams now. He lowers his head like he, like what you just said, like cut him to his very soul. Yeah. Maybe maybe you can dream up a way to stop this. That seems to halt Make him. Make horny. <laughs> yeah, you see those robes growing? No. You you say that, and it seems to halt him. And he looks up, and he goes, We have no control over our life. None of us. So, I don't think I will, Crobin. It's impossible. You're not, you're not very good at this. <laughs> I know. And I don't know if I'll get any better, but... You know, that's one to think on for the road, I guess. Maybe you can uh, dream up a way to get some revenge at least. 
If you I'm do, done with revenge. Oh. Never mind. There is no escape from our destiny. Well, you know, I've found that there are things that help us bear the destiny that we are given. And here's one for you. I'm going to give this to you. And I'll hand over the bottle of wine that mm-hmm. I got from one of the towers. Mm-hmm. Let's say, enjoy, please. And he, he kind of, like, a smile barely cracks his face and he looks at it and he goes, Thank you. I, I don't know if, I don't even know if I can drink, get drunk anymore, but... Thank you. And as he kind of opens his hands, the bottle should fall, but instead it just disappears into starlight. He goes, Oh, okay, well, I guess I'll, I guess I can get that back later. Uh, I'm still figuring this out. Neat trick. I'll see you all later. And then he lifts up into the sky, and he's, he glances up, and then he just disappears into a shifting field of stars and black smoke. He figured that out pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah it was kind of a show off. <laughs> what a dick. And the giant black bird then kind of looks around and Blackbird son takes off into the air. And Prophet Virgil kind of just bye kind bye of birdie. bows to it. Blackbird fly into the light of the dark black night. We could keep going. And everything is eerily quiet, except for the storm that's still... It is quieter. It is raging out in the distance. But uh, the rain still pelts heavily, and the lightning still careens through the sky. Well, Corvida sent us to get some things for her, so perhaps we can present And running out of the building comes a figure uh, that seems to be limping and grabbing their head as they get closer to you. And you can see, through the lightning strikes that his hand is, uh, the hand that's holding up to his head, it's covered in blood. And you see the robed, the berobed body of the old figure hobbling up to you all of Orion the Hierophant, running up to you, kind of, well, not trying to run, limping, come running up to you out from one of these spire buildings. He uh, gets up close to you and he goes, Oh, you're back. Oh, God. She's gone on a rampage. She's killed. Some of the monks, some of the brothers. She plans to transform the rest into her own personal bird army. I don't think she's a true worshipper. Don't fail. And he kind of like collapses a bit to the ground. Is anyone surprised? <laughs> Whiskers like slowly raises his hand. I, I, I'm with you. I, 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 I really thought. Why do you think she wanted these artifacts? Well, then, we must keep them. Just to recap, the Hierophant Orion, older man, kind of stormy gray eyes, um, with a long black beard, long black hair that goes down to his knees, soaking wet at this point, pretty thin, pretty gaunt looking. And he looks up and he goes, I didn't think that Corvida would do something like this. I thought she was after the relics. She had me fooled and... Nothing gets by me. She's clearly working for someone else. She's there. And he points up to one of the spires and he goes, she's in my study of true sight where she's acquiring the last reagent she needs for the ritual. You all, you have to stop her. 
We have to go stop her. All right, so you blackmailed us before, and now you want us to help you again. I... I... Ah, ah, he kind of sputters, yeah. searching for words. Look, we're going to do it, because we're heroes. But just know that that sucked, you know? Uh, oh. He just sputters and, like, looks at his hands uh, as he helps himself uh, up to his feet. Where are their hairs? What? Their hairs. Well... They're still in the study, of course. We'll go there first. And he kind of looks, his eyes widen as he kind of looks off to the side. He goes, that couldn't be what, that's what she's after. No, no, I, I don't know. We have to stop her. Come. No, 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 you don't understand. They're heroes. I'm not. We'll get our collateral and then we'll help you. What are you talking about? You're, this collateral and, and Corvida, the auger, they're in the same place. Oh. Oh, then that, that's convenient. Both in the study, so you can get your hairs back. I kind of push him to the side, and I give pen to uh, Piero. Right, is Piero coming, or is he staying? Uh, yeah, no, no. Piero and the Prophet Virgil are hanging with you. Um, if you look to him like, hey, you coming with us, Piero will, uh, yeah, he's he's just, he's soaking wet in his little underclothes, but yeah. Piero, this old elven wizard, he looks to you, and he nods his head. He will take pen for sure. Yeah, that's what I was, yeah, and I tap him on the arm, and then I start running with the others. Yeah, the Hierophant will will run across the court. Follow! Follow me! And he will point you, he will bring you back to the first inner sanctum, where you all entered the, for the first time in the Spire of Whispering Winds, and he will take you to the elevator with the amorphous bird uh, like thing that floats above it, uh, with the little you know, with the little stuff and all that. And mm. he uh, will point up and he goes, 16th floor! Going up. You must stop her. Take your hairs. Take take whatever you need. Uh, just stop her before she makes an army of monsters. We will. Count on it. Do you want Piero to go up the elevator with you as well, with Penn? I was thinking Piero's not a fighter, so I was thinking he was going to stay down there. He's definitely not, yeah. Oh. Yeah, so so then I was well, thinking he is a wizard. Yeah. Um, I was thinking he was going to stay down there. Yeah, P- yeah. if you say something like that to Piero, he will go, um, yes, I'll, I'll watch the girl with my life, of course. And the Prophet Virgil will go, and I'm realizing now the Prophet Virgil and Piero sound very similar. Prophet Virgil goes, <laughs> They're pros. I will also stand here and protect the girl with my life. I nod to them both, very thankful. Where are the hairs? In the cabinet! <laughs> go! <laughs> And you get onto the elevator, and you... I think there was a little device. Um, let's say it's a little crow with the little crow head like there was in the Spire of Violent Destinies. You are welcomed heartily back to the Spire of Whispering Winds as you tilt the crow head up, and the amorphous crow above it begins to form these weird amorphous crow shapes as it beats its weird amorphous crow wings uh, as you all rise up the elevator. And now I'll cast prestigitation to make a little moon... By the crow. Nice. Yeah, the it's very dark. So Again. you're casting that moon is is looks it's shining brightly for sure. <laughs> I just want to point out to the audience that Jamie was doing this like very elaborate crow dance. I was. Uh, it, it was, was a very it was like a, it was like a, a very fluid crow dance. I imagine though, in my head at least. It, yeah, it was fluid. It was fluid. Yeah, it was fluid as a lanky sucker like myself can. You rise up the elevator. Sixteen stories <laughs> to the top, 
where this this platform rings you, rings around you, and there is a jutting out like plank basically where the elevator lines up to you. And you all get off the elevator and you enter into the hallway that you remember before, leading to these the Hierophant's study of true sight, he called it. And you beat your feet down the hallway as fast as you can, and you see the door. What do you I do? Kick it fucking open, baby. Roll a strength check. As I take out the fucking gavel. Yeah. Athletics or strength? Let's go. Athletics, baby. 18. Uh, 18, nice. Uh, With an 18, your foot slams against this hard door, but with your newfound strength, this door breaks off its hinges and goes flying outward 15 feet into the room, hitting a desk and knocking it over, sending books toppling all over it. And you storm into the room, the sound of the gavel, as it emerges from your sheath and you stare out over the study, which looks like it has been absolutely torn apart. You remember, this is the same room where you all uh, sat before. You took a little rest in here by the fireplace, little chaise lounge. You received your little quest from the two of them to go to the Spire of Violent Destinies. And you see this our, place as you say our room. little quest? Your little quest, you know. You guys, little baby quest. It's a little magic quest. Uh, yeah, it's a very magic quest. And you get the windows are, are open. The wind is just like whipping through the room. And there are pages of books open. Just flying on the, on the you know, just flying on the desk. Oh, yeah. And you see a large, very tall winged backed chair facing away from you in the far back of the room facing the fireplace. You do not see... Agar Corvida, though. Agar you've Corvida. been very hide. bad. <sighs> Storm rages outside. Flashes illuminate the study. You see that there are crude eyes painted all over the wall. What? I start stabbing at the eyes. Yeah. As you're, like, walking towards her, you're like, stab, yeah. pull out, stab, pull out. Yeah, you do. You hear the thunk, thunk of Whiskers' sword as it plunges into this hard wall. As you all slowly make your way over there. I hide. Alright. <laughs> Roll to stealth. Do I have inspiration or anything? Of course you I believe do. David does, and I believe Galvin does. David and Galvin. Not David and Morris. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, tell, I'll ask Galvin if he wants to give it to you. Okay. L- let me know what he says. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can have it. Better. I got a pretty good roll. I got a 26. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, that's a very good roll. Holy crap. Um, yeah, you feel very hidden. Cool. And I'm going to creep up along the outskirts. With yeah, and it helps, guys, it helps that this study is completely carpeted. So your feet but, yeah. are, just, are just sinking into this carpet. It makes not a peep. By the way, that's, that successful stealth roll was brought to you by McDonald's. <laughs> Don't do this. Stop it. Because, Stop it because now. Remember, that's why I got the inspiration. No, that's true. Fuck. Only brought to you by McDonald's. God damn it. I'd rather have it my way. Uh, I think outside the bun. Ooh. All right. Whiskers goes straight up to the chair after stabbing the eyes, you know. You go straight up to this chair, Whiskers, and you whip it around. And bound and gagged in the chair is Augur Corvida, staring at you, eyes wide open. What the? Oh. Uh, what are you waiting for? Now's your chance, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I stab her in the face. No. I have an idea. What's um, that, Crobin, upon seeing this, Crobin runs back toward the elevators. I think that those two guys downstairs are capturing Penn. I, I rip off Arbor Corvita's thing with her mouth. 
thank you. I know what you're thinking, but it's not me. He has pen. Orion. He has pen. You have to Damn stop it. him. Let's go. go. Let's go. I sprint down the aft. Uh, you run out into the hallway. The elevator is at the bottom. 16 floors down below you. I grab the oh, cable and I oh, fucking jump, sling jump, down that cable. All of us, jump, go. Yeah, I... So, there actually is no cable. It's a magically... It's a. It's an elevator that rises magically. The cable is the spire by the I'm desk. Going to, I'm not going to jump down. If Gallus has jump, I jump immediately. Yeah, I jump. And I tie a rope around myself and I activate my winged boots and I try to hover and fly down and grab everybody with my rope. Just okay. to be clear, this is 16 stories. Yeah. Okay. If Galavin says jump, I jump. All right. Galavin, right. Whiskers, and Crobin, and Rondri all jump. And I cast Featherfall. There he goes. He's got Featherfall. Wait till nice. we get close to the ground, bro. <laughs> no, yeah, I am going to. Oh, like, hell yeah. Like, as we've fallen down. I did want to grab Augur Corvda and put her over my shoulder. That's why I was the last one to jump. Still bound and gagged? No, she's not gagged. Oh, that's true. Still bound? Yeah, I want to take <laughs> So she can help. Yeah, that's true. Okay, cool. Nice. Galavin points you all in the right direction and says, jump here. And since Galvin is the one who said jump, Galvin, you line it up a 15. You jump off and you all plummet violently down the spire of whispering winds main inner sanctum narrowly missing the third floor plank jutting out just kind of like you kind of have to do a little as you squeeze your body in to just narrowly avoid it and then galavin what does your feather fall look like as you cast well, it well since it's from the fates it looks like all oh, of a sudden yeah. like black feathers start to like not grow out of people but like start to like drift off of people and they everyone who's affected and fall with us as they, as we start to drift downward cool nice yeah that's you drift down in a flurry of black feathers that and, and my, with you. yeah my amulet glows but my scepter also i, I guess my Probably my amulet glows like it flashes Your like a can candlelight. It sure does. You all enter bullet time as you slowly land on the ground, your feet touching the ground. You can see in the inner sanctum around you, Extractor Piero is laying on the ground uh, unconscious. And you see uh, the prophet Virgil, he's got his uh, fist back and his arm out as if he was in mid-strike, but he is frozen. And as you all pass in front of his vision, his eyes are moving around uh, without moving, like silently in his head. And he just, he says, Stop him! Go! What? <laughs> Go! Go, yeah. Okay, I just sprint Go. by him. Yeah, yeah none of us stop for even a second. Great. Yeah. Uh, he says that as you sprint by him. Thank you for making us waste all that time. <laughs> you, <laughs> uh, you all get to the bottom, though. Uh, Whiskers, are you still carrying Corvida? Oh, yeah. Over your shoulder or whatever? Yeah. Okay. You all emerge out into the inner courtyard, uh, the Abbey of Scant Mutterings, that is, and you see far across to the north west of you, to one of the abandoned spires that you all have never been into, you see the figure far away of the Hierophant Orion cloak, kind of big black cloak billowing behind him as he disappears into the entranceway. Keep up, you everyone. You give chase. I super dash. You guys super dash 
and the rain is beating down on you, the lightning is streaking through the sky as you all just pound as fast as you can, like freight trains across this abbey towards this other spire. And you enter into this spire, and the room that you find yourselves in is a grand circular room, very, you know, like rounded all the way around. There are two stairwells that hug the sides that curve up to a second floor mezzanine that overlooks the northern side of the room. You guys are entering on the south. You see a large set of double doors straight ahead under the mezzanine, as well as on the second floor on the mezzanine, two sets of double doors. And in front of that uh, mezzanine door, directly in front of it, juts out a platform about 10 feet jutting into the center of the room where you see Penn's limp body lay and Orion stands over it, dagger raised to the sky. How far away is it? Like direct as the crow flies? uh, So as as the crow flies, uh, as the crow flies, it is 80 feet. Hmm. Don't you dare. Possible. Shoot him. His readied action goes off. He raises the dagger high into the sky and he goes, It is fated! And he brings his dagger down straight into Penn's chest. But halfway through the streak, Mm -hmm. there is a white light that streaks off of his dagger. As he brings his fist down, the dagger is gone. Through the bright, the large circular window uh, through the spire behind you, floating down to the ground in a grand white robe on the back of many white birds, the oracle descends from the sky. Whoa! What? His robes, his his beautiful white robes billowing, his hair now long and and luxurious and white. (gasps) Yes. And he descends from the sky and he goes, not today it isn't. (laughs) Awesome. And that's what we'll call it. Dude. Oh, amazing. <laughs> uh, Birdman the White. Birdman yes. the White. Birdman Bird the White. Pigeon Bird the Dove. The P- Pigeon the Dove. It's so awesome. I've never been so excited about a character coming back. Fuck yeah. It's all in here. Except, I guess, Gandalf. Yeah, Gandalf. I mean, that's... Yeah, clearly. Wow, great sewed, my dudes. Yeah, guys. Great sewed um, i cannot believe he we got tricked again we're just a couple of <laughs> a couple of couple the of fates guys. are tricky 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 little trickers you know the yeah. solution right kill everyone just kill everyone we meet you can't be tricked if you stab them in the face <laughs> exactly <laughs> who's <laughs> laughing now <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We love you fans so we much. Love yes, you. yes, yes, yes. Please help us out, y'all, by subscribing, rating, and reviewing. We are mm. trying to get the word out about our podcast. We are independent. Please help us out. If you write a review, we will shout you out on the podcast. If you tell a friend, we will love you upright. And we might name a character in the world after you. If you do any of these things, and if you shout us out on social media, we will also give you a shout out, but really write that review. It'll help us out. Guys, 
If you're feeling super generous, we do have a tip jar. You can find the description for this episode or on any of our social media pages. You can tip any amount you like if you are feeling so very generous and kind. Uh, that is ko-fi.com slash mqbd if you're feeling super benevolent. Also, we need a new song. Guys, we need a new song. I can't say it enough. <laughs> we say we one more song. time, though? There you go. Thank you. Guys, if we don't get a new song, I will set myself on fire. Okay. Nobody Whoa. send in any songs. <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> um, guys. So, seriously, we need a song. We can't sing our own song over Zoom. Um, so, please send us a song, minute or less. Hopefully, D and D inspired. Hopefully, MQBD inspired. Those will take uh, get priority, um, and we would love you forever for that. So, thank you very much. Uh, the shout out of the week this week. It's kind of two parter, guys. We want to thank King George Lundbeck. King hmm. George shall reign forever in my heart. He sent us his, our first email. Uh, that we've ever gotten on our email, um, it made us think, at least made me think, like, hey, maybe this email that we signed up for, not a total waste. Kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, it was free. It is Gmail. <laughs> yeah, but, no, but, but, but still, it's it has been collecting spam. <laughs> Here's what happened. We were signed up for, like, a podcasting-related newsletter that we got every day for the entire quarantine, and it buried <laughs> And also Twitter notifications were not turned off and they were being sent to the email. So it appeared that we had thousands of emails and none of them from any like anyone else. But one day I went through and I deleted all of our spam and I found nice one email. <laughs> it's not spam. Uh, the one was from George. <laughs> oh, and it was great to great see. And now we're pen pals. And uh, actually, I, I think it's my turn to write back. So, Ooh, George, nice. keep your eyes peeled. Peel your eyes, George. And I think we've mentioned this on the pod before, but I wanted to just officially thank you, King George. You are the best, and you will reign forever. Um, I also wanted to thank uh, one Miss Chloe Rodriguez. Chloe Rodriguez is a personal friend, a Jared and mine's, and we have actually promoted this very podcast on her very podcast uh, multiple times. She shouted out this podcast for us. We've shouted out her podcast. It's very What's beautiful. the name of the podcast? I'll tell you. It's called Unwatchable with Chloe Rodriguez. And Jared oh, yeah. and I fucking tear it up. Um, we we tear it up. Chloe tears it up. She's hilarious. Uh, she's you should amazing. definitely yeah. go listen so to funny. that. So funny. So uh, so just like such good taste when it comes to movies and TVs. Except she didn't like the Princess Bride no, as much as <laughs> she doesn't like the Princess Bride. Um, I thought she in the end was like, okay, I kind of see your point. Did she not? She kind of did. Fuck you, Chloe. Just yeah. kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Love you, Chloe. You're the best. Uh, she knows I'm kidding. Ha ha ha. Guys. <laughs> that sounded like a serious video. Uh-huh. 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 See you later, <laughs> Chloe. <laughs> See you later, Chloe. Oh I'm watching like unlivable because you'll be dead. Oh, jeez. No. Happy Stop. Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween, everyone. One and all. Uh, welcome back to the Oracle. Thank you all for listening. And guys, thank you to Eric DeLong for writing the music. Thanks, thank you to Sarah Paul for editing. Thank you, Sarah. Um, you were both thank you, Sarah. so beautiful. Thank and you, guys, if you want to talk to us, please, you can do it at Magic Quest Boys on Twitter and Instagram. Use our hashtag MQBD. Find us. Talk to us. We want to talk to you. We love you like we love ourselves, which is a lot. Also, thank we want to know, should we make a Google Plus? 
Is that a good way to reach us? To reach yeah. our fans? Let us know. We'll make one. Is Google Plus still, still yeah. around? No, definitely that's, make one. that's still going. Google Plus? I'm thinking yeah. of making a parlor account for us. What do you guys think? Oh, no. No. <laughs> yeah, dude. No? Definitely. No. Definitely. No. 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 Dude, no, if you okay. want to say what you want to say, that's where Let you the words go. come out. Oh, Honestly, oh. I want to see you be brave. And you so know what I want to see? My bad. So goodbye, everybody. Have a good night. Toodaloo. Do you like bad movies? Well, tarry no further, my friends. Starring Emma Roberts is a new podcast where seven friends write seven different parts of a script to write one movie. The twist is that the writer can only see the section before theirs. This makes for an unforgettable movie experience. Our three-part Christmas special is out December 14th, wherever you listen to podcasts, with more scripts to come in the next couple months. Follow us at Starring Emma Roberts on Instagram and Starring Emma Rob on Twitter for updates and more side splitters.